Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our second dedicated teaching that we're going to be doing for January 23rd, 2011. <clears throat> and this teaching is entitled, the uh, well, it's Chuck and Nancy Missler warning, primarily focused in on uh, Chuck Missler. <clears throat> but we're going to be looking at um, a lot of other topics that surround that this particular issue as well. Specifically, the Council for National Policy how it relates to this particular subject. Uh, I'm just going to read you a, a kind of my intro to this particular study. Uh, Chuck Missler's extensive background and ties to big government and corporations are totally verified and irrefutable as he lists these ties on his own curriculum vitae at, and I give you the link, um, <clears throat> to his own CV, curriculum vitae. Uh, you know, this isn't something that the first email that I'd put out regarding this, there was there were things in there that could be disputed. Could be, okay, he never really, you know, there's no real proof. Okay, I removed anything, tried to remove anything like that. Um, this is a revamped 18-page PDF regarding this particular subject, and this is stuff that's really easy to verify, and um, this is what we're going to be talking about today. I highlighted some of the pertinent issues uh, proving these ties in this PDF. It is my contention that there's no way for you to get to this level uh, and have the kind of ultra-high level contacts and clearance that Chuck Missler has unless you are one of them. I based this off 15 years of research in this area and also the totally obvious information that is easy to find up on the internet. Big Brother takes care of his own, but outsiders are not welcome, and especially an outsider who would claim to be a born-again Christian. Also, he has made no attempts to distance himself from these high-level projects once he was supposedly saved. I would consider much of what Missler has been self-admittingly involved in as black government projects with top-secret clearance. Now, again, I'm not making this stuff up. This is what he is openly admitted and proudly, unabashedly, openly admitted. Okay, uh, <clears throat> He appears to be proud of these accomplishments and his ties to global government. As if he was not, why would he list them on his curriculum vitae? This is the same global government that is preparing to enslave all of humanity and kill off those that they do not seem or deem fit to live. One of the primary ways they are going to do this is via global positioning tracking of the global populace, to which Mr. Missler has played a key role in bringing this technology to the masses. And we're going to prove it. We're going to look right at his own self-admitted you know, things that are widely available on the internet. His current project, and which is what we're going to kind of focus on for the first part of this, his current project seeks to, quote, meld all avenues of communications together via a, quote, high-powered, geosynchronous telecommunications constellation, a.k.a. satellites, okay? In other words, it's a geosynchronous satellite system over planet Earth that will enable, you know, tracking of, of every conceivable nature that you could possibly imagine, this melding of technologies are going to play a key role in the New World Order's ability to track everything we say and do while building a network in which the average person will be totally imprisoned in. 
Mr. Missler has proudly positioned himself right in the middle of this satanic system and has done so for decades. And again, I give you all the links straight from the horse's mouth. Right to, I mean, nothing, nothing like slanderous. It's right from him. What he's openly admitting to. I mean, it's just a matter of, of, of connecting the dots is, is really all it's a matter of. Uh, reading from uh, one of these documents, uh, Dr. Charles W. or Chuck Missler, Curriculum Vitae. Uh, Dr. Charles Missler is a special advisor to the Swan Sat Project. What is SwanSat? And again, this is right off their own website. The advent of a digital codecing technologies and ubiquitous acceptance of the internet have gradually but inevitably melded together the broadcast, telecommunications, and computer networking industries so thoroughly and completely through the common medium of digital transmission protocols that the boundaries that once separated these disciplines have been erased. Cost for the deployment of 14 SwanSat spacecraft will be 12 billion euros in 2007. Now, it's, this has already started. This is something he's been a part of here. Okay? This is not something we're making up. This is something he's openly admitting to. So again, what are they doing? They're melding together the broadcast, telecommunications, and computer networking industries thoroughly and completely through the common medium of digital transmission protocols, through these geosynchronous satellites that are, you know, orbiting the planet. Well, again, we, like we've said in the last teaching, the New World Order is all about melding everything together, getting every everything on the same page, whether it's politics, whether it's religion, whether it's currency, you name it. Technologies are also going to have to get on the same page, and they're all going to have to become compatible and global. This is what this SwanSat is totally about. Sooner, and going back to the explanation, sooner or later it was bound to happen. Skyrocketing convergent technologies are leading to a seamless integration. Excuse me, of information accessibility, a single coherent worldwide, super-wide area network is on its way. So welcome to SwanSat. Welcome to the future of information interchange. Click on the links below to read what SwanSat is all about. And there's an executive summary of SwanSat. There's a hybrid system of satellite communications technology link you can click on. Uh, I'm not going to go into all of those, but I'm going to kind of hit the high points here. Um, <clears throat> SwanSat, the Super Wide Area Network Satellite, people serving people is their motto. Uh, SwanSat satellite service will begin in 2014. And then I give you the little logo here of SwanSat. The SwanSat project will place a constellation of three uh, high-powered satellites into operation. One spacecraft will serve Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. In Western Asia, one spacecraft will serve North, Central, and South America. One spacecraft will serve Central and East Asia, Australia, and New Zealand, and the Central Pacific. When operating together, all three spacecraft will provide coverage for the entire globe, except for the polar areas. Dr. Charles Chuck Missler, and you know, aka, his nickname's Chuck, is a special advisor to the SwanSat project. And I mean, this is all widely available. I'll give you the links, you can check it out for yourself. <clears throat> As we have demonstrated elsewhere, 20 participate. Um, 
participation in the SwanSat system and its shareware telecommunications model can be facilitated not only is facilitated not only by the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, but by other uh, financing consortia. But participation by the international Islamic banking community is fully consistent with Islamic law and can be welcomed in partnership with the SwanSat system. Now, I got this straight off their website. Okay, What I did is I went up to one of their documents that they had. It was a very lengthy PDF document. And I just copied and pasted right out of it. In fact, that's all I'm quoting from is this. Okay. Now, again, if Chuck Missler is a true born-again Christian, why is he having anything to do with this global New World Order type of technology and bringing this to, you know, on humanity? Why would he have anything to do with it? I mean, if he had any kind of conscience at all, don't you think that he would steer or veer away from something like this? I mean, I cannot imagine being involved in something so big brotherish as this. Okay, so let's go back and just dissect the first quote. <clears throat> this is straight from their website, straight from their you know PDF explaining this. <clears throat> Swan's has system and its shareware tele- telecommunications model can be facilitated not only by the World Bank and International Monetary Fund. Now, those are two of the most corrupt, wicked unjust scales and balances which God abhors. They have so much to do for with why we are in the shape that we're in. Okay, The bankers, the world bankers that run the world, the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. I could do a probably a 10-part study just on that one subject, on the wickedness of that system. They, and they're openly admitting that Swansat, the Swansat system is being facilitated not only by the World Bank, and by the International Monetary Fund. And again, you know, why in the world, if you saw them as your partners in a particular venture is this, would you, as a born-again Christian, want to have anything to do with that venture? I mean, I can't think of two more wicked institutions on planet Earth than the World Bank and the International, because so much of it boils back to them. So much of you know, whatever you want to refer to as depopulation, the funding of the medical, pharma medical cartel, the New World Order, the United Nations, boils back to them. Because they're the ones that control the money. So, it's not only, Swansat, which Chuck Missler has an integral part in, is not only facilitated by World Bank and International Monetary Fund, but by other international financing consortia, but participation by the international Islamic banking community. And it's fully consistent with, with Islamic law and can be welcomed in partnership with the Swansat system. I mean, there's another point. Why would you want to have anything to do with something that is cowing down in, 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 in trying to appease the Islamic banking community in order so that they'll do business with you? What would you, why, I mean, considering all the studies I've done on Islam and the wickedness of it, why would you want to have anything to do with it just from that one point alone? For example, the Islamic development banks might assist Islamic nations to better their economies. That's what we want to do. We want to, we want to make sure that Islam gets stronger and we empower Islam so that they can go and blow up and kill more people. I'm not saying they're all like that. I'm just saying that The Quran tells them to make jihad or holy war on the infidels. It tells them to slay and kill 
the infidels. What are infidels? Non-believers in Islam. And that's what they will do if they have enough power or the means to do it. And they've proven it over and over again. So, so we want to assist the Islamic nations to better their economies by functioning as a form of mudarabah, which means a shahara-honored passive partnership. So in other words, they're shahara-compliant, swan's hat, which is something that we don't even have in America quite yet, which is something that a lot of people are trying to fight tooth and nail so that America does not become shahara-compliant. Because when that happens, then Islamic law will have to have Islamic court systems and these types of things. I understand, yes, in certain parts of America, uh, it's pretty much about a done deal in certain areas. But they're, they're wanting to make sure that they point out and tell everybody right up front that they're a Shahara-honored passive partnership, the Swansat, and they're in full compliance with, with the Islamic banking community and Islamic law. <laughs> you know, not not a real good glowing thing that that a Christian would want to be yoked up with. We're not supposed to be an equally yoked with unbelievers, right? I mean, you could quote Bible verse after Bible verse to abstain all appearance of evil. I mean, just being a part of this is so evil and looks so evil. What kind of example are you setting to all of your listeners and followers and everything else if you're Chuck Missler? Hey, listen, I used to order, a long time ago, I used to order his audio cassettes. I ordered some of his videos. I was on his mailing list the whole nine yards. And you know what? The more I learned, the more irritated I got when I started, when I was listening to him progressively. More and more and more. I realized that there was a lot of heresy that was coming out in a lot of what he was teaching. No, I cannot tell you at this point, looking back, exactly what it was, but I can tell you right now, I mean, you ever, you know, like when you're going down the road, if you, if you got like a Christian radio station on or something, and you're listening to them, and you know, it's just one thing after another. And you just get to a point where you just change the channel or turn the radio off. That was how it got for me, to the point where I just got rid of everything I had of his. I got rid of all my tapes and, and, and the videos, and there was just... A lot of garbage, a lot of leaven. And the Bible says a little leaven, which is bad doctrine, essentially, in its purest sense. I know it's a type of sin. But Jesus said, Christ said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. They were bringing in extra-biblical things, and it was leavening, and a little leaven, a little yeast, leaveneth the whole lump. It only takes a little bit of yeast to make the whole loaf of bread rise. It doesn't take a lot. A little bad doctrine just goes in there and permeates through the whole you know, ministry or religion or whatever you're doing and it and it basically destroys the whole thing. You know, rat poison is 98%, you know, good food and 2% poison typically. Doesn't take a lot. So that was what I was really seeing with with Charles Mister. Now, I've been kind of reading things and hearing things for a long time. I never, I just really didn't have enough where I felt as though I needed to do a study. I really didn't. But when this came out, and I, I probably put, I'd say eight hours into this PDF, at least, just honing it and re-honing it and re-honing it. Because there's so much information here. Uh, really flagrant stuff, okay? And, I mean, I, I couldn't stay silent anymore. 
on this particular issue. And I know that this has already ruffled a lot of feathers and a lot of people. And the first PDF I put out, really, yeah, I put some time into it, but it's not near, near as overwhelming as far as the information as this one. I'm just trying to stick with the facts on this one. Okay, you, you can argue about some religious belief he has or this or that. Okay, no, I'm just going to stick with the things that are really super flagrantly obvious for this teaching. And they're going to be, I mean, this is irrefutable, what I'm reading you here. I mean, oh, well, he was, he's still innocent. Okay, well, let's keep reading. And when we're done with it, with, when we're on the 18th page, we're on page 2 right now, let me know if you think he's still innocent. I mean, don't, don't let me know, please. Because if you think that by, the, by page 18, then I, I can't really do a whole lot. And I don't want to argue with you, okay? Because the evidence is so overwhelming that, you know, it's, and it's his stuff. Going further, in the same particular PDF, ramifications of the SwanSat shareware tech telecommunications model are significant indeed. By 2015, SwanSat, in what they refer to as Tier 1 countries, would be well on the way to placing 370 million eligible students living in developing countries in school through United Nations eSchools. So in other words, what's SwanSat, one of the, what, what's one of the main things SwanSat, this wonderful thing, is going to be used for? Oh, and also, just so you know, Chuck Missler's, his ministry is, I believe, Konea House. Okay? Just so you know. And we're going to talk more about that later. SwanSat is going to be used as the medium through which the United Nations e-schools, meaning internet schools, because you see this big explosion of schooling on the internet, right? I mean, you know, go to college online and go to the school online now, okay? Let me read this again. Swansad and Tier 1 countries will be well on their way to placing 370 million eligible students living in developing countries in school through the United Nations. Satan himself, essentially. The United, Satan's main, I mean, this is the coming literal backbone of the coming New World Order. The United Nations, okay? Through, um... Uh, let's see here, placing 370 million students living in developing countries in school through United Nations e-schools and e-community programs, thus achieving one of the more important of the United Nations Millennium Development Goals. See, Satan has to have goals that he's reaching in order to implement the New World Order, the coming uh, rule of Antichrist and the False Prophet, Okay. And one of Satan's main goals is to make sure he has a satellite network, a geodesic satellite, meaning a, uh, the satellites that literally orbit the earth. A satellite system where these e-schools and e-community brainwashing programs can take place so that the beast can speak right through to you on the internet through the United Nations e-schools and e-community programs. What a great way to brainwash. And SwanSat is going to position itself right in the middle of that. This is right off their own website. So why? So that they can achieve their uh, one of the more important goals of the United Nations, which is their Millennium Development Goals. Oh, I mean, you know, this is all good, right? I mean, not, not too big a deal. I mean, what's, what's the big deal him? being integrally associated with all this. You know. Let's go further. Swansat, and again, right off their website, will provide, 
And I give you the link. You can check out the whole PDF if you want. I probably missed a whole bunch of stuff. It's a huge PDF. I'm just giving you the high points. I could have said a lot more. And it's still 18 pages long, this, this document. And I just really try to give you the, the main points. Swansat will provide two-way broadband ICT services to residents of least developed countries in developing countries, utilizing a shareware telecommunications economic model to meet sustainable development. When you hear that word sustainable, you always think of the New World Order buzzword, depopulation. We have to have, Mother Gaia is grieved with us. Therefore, the world needs to be, we need to, to, to create these sustainable developmental goals. And when you see that word sustainable, always think depopulation. Okay? In order to meet sustainable development and wide open access goals of, guess who? The United Nations Economic and Social Council's ECOSOC 2000 Ministerial Declaration in full consistency with many of the United Nations Millennium Development Goals. How intricately positioned and related can you get to the United Nations? I mean, this is unbelievable that he would that any person putting on any Christian veneer would have anything to do with this. And the, and there's another guy up here who's also a some type of Baptist theologian. He's he's even ahead of Chuck as far as in the pecking order, I believe. Well, they're working for Satan. What other conclusion could I possibly, or could anyone who's looking objectively at this possibly come to? Oh, they're innocent. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, okay. Well, let's keep reading to see how innocent things are. Also, guess what else they're promoting? Through this SwanSat um, program. Okay. Introducing the first, the first, the world's first inflation-proof gold and silver standard offered as part of SwanSat's modern Marshall Plan for the African Union. Learn how SwanSat can help stabilize the world's economy through the proposed gold-backed auric currency. And they give you a they give you a picture here. It shows a picture of a gold auric coin. It goes 400 auric. And the back and the front. Dr. William Welty is the founding member of the Global Settlement Foundation, a Geneva-based independent international nonprofit organization that promotes finality of settlement for global trade. The auric in Agiric. I guess the AG would be the silver coin because that's the chemical symbol for silver, AG. Um, and the ARIC and the AGRIC were designed by William Welty of Swansat for Africa. I give you all the links here. You can check it out. And early in 2005, we began a feasibility study regarding formation of my Swan Bank, a proposed banking service for Swansat the satellite users. And remember, SwanSat's going to be in absolute total compliance and meeting many of the United Nations Millennial Development Goals and also in full compliance with Islamic law and a passive Shahara-based partner. How much, I mean, you talk about getting in bed with Satan. How much further could you get in bed with Satan? I don't, I don't think it's much, I mean, you know, other than maybe the First Church of Satan sponsoring this, which they're not going to do that, but they might as well. First Church of Satan doesn't have the kind of influence the United Nations has or the, the International Monetary Fund or the World Bank. 
I mean, we're talking the highest echelon of the New World Order, the One World Government, that they could possibly be associated with. Our, um, our My Swansat Bank service will be operated in conjunction with Swansat's affiliated Bank D Commerce International. International. So they're going to have their own bank, they're going to have their own currency, it's a one world type of currency. Hey, I'm all for gold and silver backed currency, I'm all for that. But not, you know, they can, they can put that carrot out all they want, and that's all it is, is a carrot. Okay, because they're going to say, well, you know, this paper baked, this uh, paper currency with nothing backing it has just destroyed the world economy, looks what's happened in America, they're printing money out of thin air, they've been doing it for years. Yeah, that's all been by design, to destroy, ultimately destroy you know, the economy of America and also destabilize a lot of other things to bring in the one world currency, which may be backed by gold and silver. There's a good chance because they can make it look very attractive. They can say, we're going to right the wrongs of the past and we're going to bring in a gold and silver backed currency. Great, but that's that's not, you know, they can, they can hang that carrot out all they want. <laughs> I'm not going to embrace it. And there's no way. I mean, that's all it is, is a satanic carrot. Now, um, this is this was the original, uh, an excerpt from the original email I got from one of my listeners uh, regarding this. Okay. Um, Dr. Chuck Missler, Swansat and the RX Currency. This is posted by Deborah of Discerning the World. This was on February 17, 2010. Uh, 2010. So this, see, this has been around for a while. I just wasn't aware of it. I am writing this article because I do not think that Dr. Chuck Missler is at all being honest with us as to what he really believes and who he actually, quote, works for. For some unknown reason, Chuck Missler is protected in that he seems to be able to get away with all sorts of false prophecy in publishing books on extra-biblical occult subjects with no one batting an eyelid. His resume, freely available on the internet, is profound in that Chuck's interests, companies, and world plans all seem to tie in with what he himself tries to expose as bad, as bad in his books. Exposes as bad in his books. Chuck Missler is not an expert on prophecy. He is helping to orchestrate biblical prophecy by aiding and abetting the New World Order. Now that's my biggest thing I'm keen on today. I'm not even so much keen on his doctrine. I'm keen on what is like really flagrantly obvious that he's openly admitting to here, okay? And because this stuff is not, you, you, you can't refute it, okay? He's openly throwing it out there and proud of it. Then she goes on to say, I will let you review the information below and you can ask yourself that question. Why is a born-again Christian who is supposedly serving the people uh, serving the people by connecting the world via three satellites and helping to establish the African Union with a one-world currency? Huh, that's a good question. And again, Chuck Missler, Koinia House, uh, I give his address and his phone number and his email address. During the past 30 years, this is straight off their website, during the past 30 years, Chuck has served on the board of directors of over a dozen public companies and was chairman and chief executive officer of five of them. Chuck Missler received a congressional appointment to the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Upon graduating with honors, he received his commission in the U.S. Air Force. By the time he completed his military operations, he had become branch chief of the Department of Guided Missiles at Lowry Air Force Base. Oh, that sounds like a good thing. 
but the Bible says the, the labor of the righteous tendeth to life. Okay, what's the converse thing? Well, then, would the labor of the wicked tendeth to death? He's specializing in black ops projects. He's self-admitting here that when he had completed his military obligations, he was the branch chief of the Department of Guided Missiles. Can you imagine Jesus Christ being the branch chief of Department of Guided Missiles? What do you think that those missiles do? You think they cause death, or do they bring life? Now, I understand the whole thing about self-defense of the country and these types of things. But I'm saying, you know, you step back and you look at the big picture here. Why would you want to be associated with that? I'm helping build guided missiles to kill people, is what it boils down to. Chuck completed a master's degree in engineering at UCLA with an additional postgraduate studies in applied mathematics, advanced statistics, and information sciences, and completed his PhD at Louisiana Baptist University. His civilian career began as a system engineer at TRW, followed by a senior analyst position in a think tank, serving both the intelligence community and the Department of Defense. Oh, that doesn't sound like it could, you know, that, that's got to be innocent, is... Pure's the Driven Snow, Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm, you know, there's not, I'm sure nothing could be, you know. Now, what is a think tank? A think tank or a policy institute is an organization, and this is, I added this in myself, is an organization that conducts research and engages in advocacy in areas such as social policy, political strategy, economy, science, or technology issues, industrial or business policies, or military advice. You're going to see he's been associated with a lot of this. And a lot of this has to do with a lot of things that kill people. Put it that way. And we'll we'll be looking at that here. Recruited by Ford Motor Company into a senior management position, Chuck established the first international industrial computer network. In 1966, he established the first international industrial computer network? In 1966? That's pretty big news. Leaving Ford to start his own company, he founded a computer networking organization, later acquired by automatic data processing, to be uh, to become its network servicing division. He subsequently served as a consultant to the board of directors of Rockwell International for a corporate for corporate acquisitions. Usually, that's where they go in and buy up companies and you know destroy a lot of lives and that type of thing. When you think of corporate ac- acquisitions, I think of like Gordon Gecko on Wall Street. You know, he was that was what he did. He went in there and, you know, anyway, these corporate acquisitions, which included Collins Radio, American Data Systems, and others. He has also participated in over 100 business ventures as a principal, strategic advisor, and turnaround specialist. I just I'm trying to picture any of the apostles or Jesus doing having this particular. Curriculum vitae, like, like this particular background that he's that he has pursued, you know, supposedly, you know, I believe before, during, and to this day, since he's been a born again Christian, supposedly, why would he continue down this path? Why would he continue to help companies that are going to ultimately come about and either kill or enslave humanity? Why would he want anything to do with that? I see no biblical justification other than, well, no, I see no biblical justification. Okay, let's talk about Rockwell International, to which he served as a consultant to the board of directors for corporate acquisitions. Let's talk about them a little bit. 
Rockwell International is a multifaceted company that works in the manufacturing area for defense and space industries. Rockwell International are, are Freemason Illuminati. They are also the maker of the Minuteman nuclear missile. Oh, that's nice. To get an idea how, of how evil and tied in with the Illuminati Rockwell International is, Rockwell International, um, there's, a, there's a link you can click on here, entitled Rockwell International Gouging the Government by Tom Ruwich. And, and I'm not going to go into all the gory details there, but you can get an idea of how evil this company is. Okay. Now, the building that was originally built for Rockwell International as their headquarters was designed in the shape of a ziggurat which is a steep pyramid in the style of ancient Babylonia. However, they did not occupy the building, and it became the regional branch office for the federal government. Well, you know, federal government, Rockwell International, it's a difference, you know. Housing some of the National Archives material and other miscellaneous government documents. I guess the national government liked it so much they scooped it up before Rockwell could get in there. A ziggurat is an ancient Mesopotamian temple tower consisting of lofty pyramidal structures built in successive stages with the outside staircases and a shrine at the top. Hey, you know. Form, it also is a form of a temple common to the Sumerians, Babylonians, and Assyrians. Uh, let's go further. The Bohemian Grove, this is also related to this. The Bohemian Grove is basically a playground... Uh, for policy-making, vacation for the Council of Foreign Relations, interlocking think tanks, so we go with think tanks again, and tax-exempt foundations. The CFR, the Bohemian Grove membership list, reflects a lot of the same names. By recent comparison, I was able to count about 40, 40 Bohemian Grove members who are also Council of Foreign Relations members. Uh, if you're a member of the Trilateral Commission or the Council of Foreign Relations, chances are you're a member of the Bohemian Grove, too. In attendance... At the Bohemian Grove are representatives of such companies such as Atlantic Richfield, Avery Denison Corporation, Colgate Palmolive, oh, not the soap people and the toothpaste people, yeah, um, CBS Broadcasting, IBM, Universal Entertainment Group, Mattel Corporation, the one who make toys, General Media Corporations, Northrop, defense contractors, Philip Morris, cigarette makers, Pacific Enterprises, and Rockwell International, and more companies after that. So they've been in attendance to that. Why is a born-again Christian? And if you were going to, like, you know, wouldn't you want to research what kind of companies you were coming um, into partnerships with and consulting for? I mean, I know if I, if I was proposed with any type of job, that would be the, the thing I would key on the most. Because if they're a wicked, evil company, I don't need to go to God in prayer and ask them if I should get myself yoked up with them. I know. There's certain things you don't need to go to God in prayer about. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's something that would be totally obvious. Just do some research. Find out if they're wicked and evil. And if they are, there's your answer. Because God is never, he's not going to contradict his word. And he's never going to have you unequally yoked with some wicked, evil, satanic company. If, if you're, now, you know, it's one thing if you're born again Christian, already saved, and you find yourself working for like Coke or Pepsi or something. I don't know. You need to take that to the Lord in prayer and pray and fast about it. Ask the Lord if you know him to open. But I'm talking about this guy has went into business venture after business venture after business venture with very high level, Illuminati, wicked, evil companies. And I'm talking black projects, some of the darkest stuff you could get into. Over and over and over. He's done it. Without batting an eye. When making no apologies for any of it. 
Well, his conscience is seared with a hot iron. He's got no... He don't think he has to repent about nothing. He's bragging about it. It's open for the whole world to see. I'm surprised nobody else... I mean, maybe the study's been done by others. I don't know. Uh, okay, here's... And again, this is right off his uh, curriculum vitae. Here's some of the directorships of publicly traded corporations that Chuck Missler has been a part of. Okay? Directorships of publicly traded corporations. Uh, first one is Cypernetics Corporation. Now, some of these I really couldn't find a whole lot about, I'll be honest. I really couldn't find out a lot about some of these. I don't know whether there's been a cover-up or what, but uh, I could only devote so much time to this, and, and I really devoted a lot of time as it was. But that's the first one, Cypernetics Corporation, he, the, supposedly a computer network company. Uh, next one is Pertech Computer Corporation, Computer Peripherals, Personal Computers, uh, next one is Applied Devices Corporation. He was the director of that. He was the director of the one I just mentioned and the founder and president and CEO and director of the Cybernetics Corporation. Anyway, he was um, director of Applied Devices Corporation. And what do they do? Data processing support for industrial oil industry and state lotteries. Oh, that's a noble endeavor. Industrial oil industry, we could do a 10-part study on how wicked and corrupt the oil industry is, and then also the state lotteries, which is nothing more than legalized gambling on a mass scale. Yeah, that, that's, that's a you know great thing to be involved with. Next company, he was chairman of the board and chief executive officer for is Precision Instrument Company who developed advanced laser memory development for the National Security Agency and the Department of Defense. I'm sure that they used it all for puritanical purposes. You know, no evil intentions here. Next one is Hadron, Inc., which reminds me of the Hadron Particle Collider, uh, which he was the director of that company. What are they involved with? Advanced developments in the defense industry, which is very vague but I'm sure some type of weaponry. Really. And then the next one is Western Digital Corporation, Chairman of the Board and Chief Executive Officer. I'm telling you, you don't get to these positions unless you're one of them. Chairman, I mean, how many high-level offices could one man fill in a lifetime? Chairman of the Board, Chief Executive Officer. They're involved in semiconductors, disc controls, first inter interstate bank, you know, the banking system, presently a Fortune 500 company. And then Datum Inc., he was the director of that. What are they involved with? Uh, computer peripherals and cesium clock of the global positioning, positioning satellite system. You can see why Swansat wanted him in there. He has a lot to do with satellites, space. This is cesium clocks for global positioning satellite systems. You know, the better to track you with, essentially. Well, that's how they're going to track us. I mean, through global positioning. And this is the cesium clock that, that um, does that. The next uh, company is Helionetics. He was the chairman of the board of that company, chief executive officer. Remember, please, this is all stuff he's got up there about himself. I'm not making this stuff up. What does that have to do with? Um, William E. Simon, former Secretary of Treasury, asked me to join him. This is Charles Missler talking. Asked me to join him on the strategically sensitive ultraviolet laser project. And then, then he goes on to say, we both resigned after a futile 13-month boardroom struggle. So they couldn't get it off the ground. How tragic. Anyway, next one is Du 
Duke Komumin, sorry, Inc. He was the director of that. That's asset relocations of the oldest corporation in California, Aerospace Metals Processing, Electronic Distribution. And the last company listed is Risedale Industries. He was chairman of the board and chief executive officer of this company. What are they involved with? Advanced developments for the Department of Defense and other deeply classified customers. Partnered with Boeing on P-3 upgrade and Northrop, Northrop Gummin on the Stealth Bomber. These are wicked, wicked factions of our either government or companies that are involved in, you know, some of the deepest black projects on the planet. And he's openly admitting to this. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what he's admitting to. I'm really surprised he would. Missler claims that he became uh, a Christian prior to him becoming a man. Uh, but if that was so, then all of his activities as a man were as a Christian. As a young man, Missler found deep interest with early computer technology and went on um, to found in 1966, the first international industrial computer network. Wasn't that field the realm of the U.S. military? Where the Illuminati organizers were at that very time forcing the tide of computers and the internet? Men engaged the Stanford elements, the U.S. military, the U.S. intelligence, and the leading edge of the computer internet industry, um, if in high enough levels, are very possibly dealing on a personal level with global-minded Illuminati or a luminous. If they rise through the ranks unusually fast, they could become a luminous themselves. How could he rise through the ranks any quicker? I mean, look at all the CEO, chairman of the board positions this man operated in. in I mean, this doesn't happen by accident. To that end, we find Missler entered the U.S. military by a congressional appointment and therefore abandoned his career plans at Stanford University. He then became branch chief of the Department of Guided Missiles, could a good Christian get that far? Would a good Christian go that far? Is it God's will for a disciple of Jesus Christ to help create missiles that destroy people? Ah, oh, to Chuck, it's no big deal. You know, skin, skin off his nose. Missler then left the military, not necessarily meaning that he didn't continue working for it. Ha, huh, yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty obvious he still did. From his own website, we read, quote, Missler then went on to serve as a senior analyst with the nonprofit think tank where he conducted projects for the intelligence community and the Department of Defense, end of quote. i give you the link right here to the, this whole thing. There's no name given for the think tank nor the organization that it operated under, but as was connected to the, to the Department of Defense, Stanford comes to mind. But there were other possibilities, um, the Illuminous organization, the Jason Group, uh, for example, uh, Jason's owner, the Mitre Corporation, that's, again, that's a very, a lot of these uh, things that we're mentioning are very, very evil corporations that are involved in black projects in America. Uh, and then it goes on to say, what about DARPA and the Department of Defense Agency? Uh, for one of its recent spy organizations, used the Illuminati all-seeing eye as its logo. That's what the DARPA uses. After all, in 1973, the U.S. Defense Advanced Project Research Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, initiated a research program to investigate 
technologies and technologies for the internet. And this was about, you know, a lot of the same time that Chuck Missler was bringing in this first industrial computer system. It was before that. But it just seems like he's, he's been in the middle of a lot of really uh, potentially satanic, evil stuff. Now, in 1989, the Phoenix Group, Inc., Chuck Missler's publicly traded development company. I'm, I'm not through with all his companies yet. Okay, So, in 1989, the Phoenix Group, which was Chuck Missler's publicly traded development company, entered into an $8 billion joint venture to supply personal computers to 143,000 public schools of the Soviet Union. I'm sure for brainwashing purposes, probably. It seems like that's what he's all about. Mass education. That's what Swansat's going to be all about when they team up, you know, they're teamed up with the United Nations to, and their e-schools and e-communities to brainwash the masses. Isn't it funny that his, his publicly traded company of 1989 was called the Phoenix Group? It was his company. He named it the Phoenix Group? Oh, that's nice. That's a nice name. And they entered into an $8 billion joint venture. Do you realize the kind of money that this man has probably made? I cannot imagine if he was actually to apply that money toward godly purposes. I mean, you know, orphans, widows, feeding the poor, you know, true born-again Bible-believing ministries, that type of thing. I can't even imagine how much good he could have done. I mean, we're talking some serious money here. Eight billion dollars? Let's talk about the Phoenix Bird. Now, he named it that, so let's talk about it. The occult Phoenix Bird that has its roots in ancient mythology has actually symbolized the New Age concept of being a born-again. Did you know that? Out of the ashes will emerge the new... Phoenix, out of the ashes of the old will emerge a new. It's, it's the, it's the um, new age concept of being born again. While Christians are born again when, G- when Jesus Christ comes into their heart, the new ager is born again with a different demon spirit. Now I'm reading from, a, from an article on the, on, regarding the Phoenix. So the new agers are born again with a different demon spirit. The Antichrist will also be a born again individual Oh, actually, yeah, where he is possessed with Lucifer himself. High-level occultist and ranking Freemason, Manly P. Hall, in his book entitled The Secret Destiny of America, on page 176 and 177, wrote, quote, All symbols have their origin in something tangible, and the phoenix is one sign of the secret orders of the ancient world. So see, it's, it's a... See, I've seen Hillary wearing her phoenix bird lapel pendant. If you ever see anybody in, like, political office or even in, you know, high-level movie stars and these types of things, you see him wearing a phoenix pendant, that's a, that's literally like a, a sign showing where their allegiance is. Showing It's like, most people wouldn't pick up on it, you know, probably 99 out of 100 would not pick up on it. Or maybe 999 out of 100, or 1,000. But that's what they're basically telling you, that what, what they're affiliated with. And... Good old Chuck Missler decides to use the Phoenix Group Inc. as his as the name of this publicly traded company that did an eight billion dollar joint venture in 1989. Hmm. Phoenix is a sign of the ancient world and the initiate and of the initiate of those orders. It was common to refer to one who had been accepted into temples as a twice born or reborn man. 
In other words, you're born once from your mother, but if you're actually born into, if you actually come into like one of these secret occultic groups, you're born again. And this is what this phoenix, uh, from an occult standpoint, represents. And he has the audacity to use that as the name of one of his companies well after he was supposedly saved. I guess he just doesn't know. He's just uneducated, right? Yeah. And then it goes on to say, Wisdom confers a new life, and those who become wise are born again. And this is a quote from Manly P. Hall. Hmm. I wonder if he was trying to send um, the people in the know a signal. And I guess he just figures these Christians are so stupid they'll never pick up on it. I give you a picture of this phoenix bird. Note what a former witch had to say regarding the occult belief in the phoenix bird. Quote, The phoenix is believed to be a divine bird going back to Egypt. The phoenix destroys itself in flames and then rises from the ashes. Most occultists believe that the phoenix is a symbol of Lucifer who was cast down in flames and who they think will someday rise again triumphant. This, of course, also relates to the rising of Hiram Abiff, the Masonic Christ, the Freemasonic Christ, and that's one of the the degrees of the Freemasons regarding Hiram Abiff. Wow, I mean, most occultists believe the phoenix is a symbol of Lucifer, who was cast down in flames and who they think will one day rise again triumphant? Huh. Uh, it's all a coincidence, I guess, all the stuff I'm bringing up about Chuck Missler. There's nothing to any of it, right? Well, let's, let's go further. Technical Projects by Chuck Missler. He served as a consultant, principal, and director, participating in over 100 high-level technology investments, acquisitions, and divestitures over his 30-year career. Some specific projects have included System Engineer, Subsystem 1 of the Samos program, which is a highly classified reconnaissance satellite program. He is also the principal contributor to major developments in the gathering of ELINT, Electronic Intelligence Information, via satellite. So he's really good at spying on people. He's been intricately involved in technologies in high, I really would go venture to say dark, black-level projects within the government to spy on people and develop that technology to spy on us. And to set up, a, and now he's setting up this uh, global satellite system so that they can track us and brainwash us. And, I mean, it's all good, right? While on staff at the Air Force Think Tank, participating participated in the programming of one of the first solid-state command control computers, exploiting air-correcting coding. Uh, He was chief systems engineer for arms control simulations for the early negotiations for the U.S. Arms Control and Disarmament Agency in the Geneva negotiations. Optical processing of digital information with laser memories as president of Precision Instrument Company. Also, early exploitation of the four-year transform transforms in search and retrieval of optically stored digital information for the National Security Agency at Fort Meade. Application also of advanced statistical coding methods for highly sensitive industrial applications, including adaptive filtering and exponential smoothing models. And he also personally funded and directed... (laughs) Listen to this. And again, this is all stuff he's openly admitting to. He personally funded and directed the first microchip implementation of the data encryption standard of the National Bureau of Standards in concert with Carnegie Mellon Institute of Research. 
Well, that's a mouthful. So he personally funded, he took money out of his own pocket, I'm sure he's got deep pockets, and directed the first microchip implementation of data encryption standard of the National Bureau of Standards in concert with, who was his partner? Carnegie Mellon Institute of Research. Oh, good, more Illuminati families, Carnegie and Mellon. We could do a whole study on them. I'm going to give you a little bit about them, Carnegie Mellon. And again, look at who he's yoked himself up with, unabashedly. No, not trying to cover this up, not coming back later like any person in their right mind who was a born-again Christian would be doing and saying, you know, listen, I really made some bad mistakes earlier in my career. I was really yoked up with some wicked companies and factions of our government, and I'm really sorry. I, I want to apologize. I admit it. Uh, you know, I got no excuse for myself. I should have checked things out closer. I should have, you know, now I see it. Then I didn't. No, there's none of that. No, 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 no. This is on his resume. Totally proud of it. Totally openly admitting to it. You know, doesn't surprise me at all. Um, this is a, a, a title from an article, Blueprint for the New World Order. June 2nd, 2009. If you want to know what the globalist elite really have in mind for us, you should keep your eye on the Foreign Policy magazine, as I do. Now, I'm getting to something here now, so bear with me. In the May-June issue is nothing short of a blueprint for where the powers that be plan to take us. And it ain't pretty. Never before have I seen this crew let down their hair so quite obviously. Now, this is an article. Uh, this is an a, a article about Foreign Policy magazine. And they are... They're basically saying the May-June issue is nothing short of a blueprint for where the powers of be that want to take us. And then he's never seen them let their hair down like this before. He, he's never seen them be so flagrant about their plans. Going further, it says, The cover of the magazine sports a photo montage of good old Karl Marx. His face made up of bread, tools, and fruit. Uh, that must be a little eerie. The headline reads, Marx, really? And then, Why He Matters Now. The edition is called The Big Think Issue. But it's actually much more than that. More like a wish list. Founded, this magazine was founded by major grants from the Carnegie Mellon Foundation. Since, Jan since January, foreign policy has been published by the Slate Group of the Washington Post Company. It is sustained largely by special advertising supplements by the European Union, which boasts in the current issue how Barack Obama administration is moving America closer to the policies of socialist oligarchic old Europe. So they're bragging in this wicked satanic magazine that was funded by Carnegie Mellon Institute, which is the same one that we just said Chuck yoked up with in the first implementation of the first microchip of data encryption standard for the National Bureau of Standards. Same ones, Carnegie Mellon, I could do a whole study on them. Yeah, and they're the ones that funded this magazine that is the most flagrant magazine out there regarding boasting the, new, the coming New World Order. And the coming socialist model that it will be. Oh, but you know, I, I guess, you know, Chuck didn't know. I don't know. I give you the link to that article. Also see the Carnegie Endowment and the Ford Foundation. I give you a whole link here that really goes into their wickedness and corruption. Huh, the Carnegie Endowment and the Ford Foundation. Didn't he yoke up with Ford too? 
Remember how we said he was a bigwig at Ford as well? Yeah, all those major companies are wicked. Every one of them. When you get to that global type of level. Final warning, I mean, Ford, I mean, you have to do a study on Ford too. Just can't keep up with it all. Uh, this article is entitled, uh, Final Warning, well, it's part of it, it says, A Final Warning, The History of the New World Order. Uh in the 1900s, which became the Carnegie Mellon University of 1967. It goes on to basically tell you the history of the Carnegie Mellon Foundation and the wickedness of it all. I just don't have time to read it all. But again, these are just one little, one little more piece of the puzzle here that, we can, that um, is just really flagrantly obvious regarding Chuck Missler. Uh, also, what else has Chuck Missler accomplished? He served on the board of directors with William E. Simon, who is former Secretary of Treasury. Also, General David C. Jones, who is Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Also, with Admiral Tom Hayward, Chief of Naval Operations. And also, Dr. Edward Teller, Scientific Advisor to the President. And he was involved with these high-level, high-level guys in the government and military in highly sensitive, advanced technology projects. And I'm sure they were all, like I said, beneficial. No no harm will come out of anything that they ever talked about or said or did. I mean, you know there had to be all kind of draconian things that he was involved with. But I guess his conscience said, well, it's okay, it's all good. Well, when your conscience seared with a hot iron... And when you're of your father the devil, and of his lust and of his works you will do, it's not a big deal. What other conclusion could I possibly come to? And we're only on page 9 of this PDF. He served on the board of directors of the Computer and Communications Industry Association in Washington, D.C. I mean, all we've been doing is reading off his CV the whole time, and off, off what he's openly admitted to be involved with. I've just been, I've just been filling in a few blanks in between, really. Uh, he's a former member of the Association for Computing Machinery, the Institute for Management Sciences, Operations Research of America, Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers, and also the Order of the Old Crows, which are, what do they do? They're electronic warfare specialists. I couldn't find a lot about them. The Order of the Old Crows? You know, crows and ravens, are considered really, I mean, you think of them when you think of very, very dark, high-level witchcraft. Particularly ravens. But the order of the old crows. If that don't sound evil, I don't know what does. And what do they specialize in? Electronic warfare. That sounds biblical to me. I mean, yeah, sure. Electronic warfare specialist. Man, I tell you what, this guy has been one busy dude in his life. Can you imagine Doing all this in a lifetime? Yeah, he has. Okay, let's go back to his uh, CV. He's a member of the Globalist. Since 1998, he's a member of the Council for National Policy. And I give you several links here regarding what... Okay, what's the Council of National Policy? Well, let's look at this. Um... The Council for National Policy... Many evangelical and Pentecostal, charismatic, Catholic, Mormon, and other economically minded leaders are members of the Council for National Policy. The 500 plus 
membership varies per year. Member organization, which some suggest plans the strategy of the religious right and the conservatives of the United States. Now, I'm going to read you some Bible verses before I go further. John 10, 26-30 says, But ye believe not, because you're not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. I and my Father are one. That's from Jesus Christ. If Chuck Missler were one of Jesus Christ's sheep, why didn't he hear Jesus Christ's voice? Don't tell me over this 30-year career where he's been supposedly saved, that he hasn't heard Jesus Christ's voice one time if he was if he was the real deal. Wouldn't his conscience bear witness? Wouldn't his own conscience condemn him? If not the Holy Spirit that would suppose that would live inside him if he was a born-again Christian? Could you imagine, just ask yourself, could you imagine getting in bed and yoking yourself up with all this wickedness that I've just cited that he's openly admitting to? Can you imagine as a born do you think God would let you get away with that? Hmm. The Bible says, of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. What is a bastard? An illegitimate son. It's not a cuss word in the Bible. It's an illegitimate son. He's an illegitimate son. He's of his father, the devil, and of his lust and of his works he will do. That's all this is. He's a hireling that has no true love for the sheep because the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. He's posing as an angel of light, like Satan. Because it's no marvel that Satan posing as, as an angel of light, that his ministers would pose as ministers of righteousness. That's all he's doing. He's posing as a minister of righteousness. He's having a form of godliness, but he's denying the power thereof. I mean, a tree is known by its fruit, right? What is the fruit we're looking at here? We're talking some wicked fruit. Wicked. 2 Corinthians 6.14-18 through 18 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? That by itself, with all these wicked affiliations that he has openly um, yoked himself up with, I mean, what is he thinking? And then it goes on to say, What concord or what agreement hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? You think these factions of the government and big brother corporations and dark projects are uh, born-again Christians? I understand that we don't all have the luxury of, of, of working for a born-again Christian. I understand that. But we're going way beyond that now. I mean, he had a choice here. With the kind of money that this guy must have made, he had a choice a long time ago, I'm sure, to walk away from any affiliations. Oh, what was what, what was his excuse? Well, I, if, if I didn't, I couldn't feed my family. Give me a break. If you were a true child of God, God would be able to feed you no matter what. I mean, I'm not saying that was even his excuse. I mean, you, you don't, this isn't even optional. This is so far out in left field, I can't even believe what I'm reading today. This is one of the most flagrant 
exposés and studies I have ever done, if not the most flagrant ever that I have ever done in all my years of ministry. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, if God has said, and I dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amos 3.3 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, he's walking together with some wicked, wicked people, and it doesn't seem as though he has a real big problem with it. Now, the Council for National Policy, according to their 1996 telephone directory, was founded in 1981. While those involved are from the United States, their organizations and influences cover the globe, both religiously and politically. Members include corporate executives, television evangelists, legislators, former military or high-ranking government officials, leaders of, quote, think tanks dedicated to molding society, and those who many view as Christian leadership. See, the thing you have to come to terms with, with a lot of this information, is that people that are at very, very high levels in ministry, the vast majority of them, particularly when you get into the whole TBN or the ones that are on TV and have any kind of like national or global following, the vast majority of them are part of the New World Order system. They're there to usher in the New World Order. This guy, Missler, is just flagrantly, obviously doing it. Some of them aren't so... Uh, some of them are a lot more subtle. Okay? But to get to that point, for the most part, the vast majority of the time, you had to have sold out a long time ago. I'm talking for the most part. I'm not saying every single one are all wicked and corrupt. I'm saying the vast majority... And if they were really doing their job, why is the church in such shambles? You know, why aren't they being warned about these types of issues? Why aren't they being warned about all these wolves in sheep's clothing and pursuing holiness and righteousness and in in you know help feeding the widows and the orphans and and you know those that are that are in need and, and not focusing on building these gigantic ministries and their big buildings and all their programs. And, and promoting this lukewarm, ecumenical, garbage gospel, this another gospel, as the Bible would refer to, and that all their, all, ultimately all these religious sects are going to come into one. When all the lying signs and wonders really start to break out, these denominational walls are going to start coming down, and you're going to see a big push for a one-world religion. It's that big of a problem. He's just one part of it. But he's a pretty good chunk, this guy, Missler. And they've got organizations like this Council for National Policy where they bring in um, corporate executives, television evangelists, legislators, former military high-ranking government officials, leaders of think tanks dedicated to molding society, and those who many view as Christian leadership. Doesn't that kind of sound like who he's all yoked up with anyway right now, Chuck Missler? All those military contacts and former legislators and corporate executives and leaders of think tanks and government officials. He's already there. This is the perfect place for him. And you're telling me he's innocent? Can you imagine if I was doing this? Or, or I mean, I mean, I would deserve to be 
exposed beyond belief. I mean, I'm not trying to hold myself to a higher accountability than I would hold Chuck Missler. But it's obvious the guy is beyond a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, and I'm, I'm sorry if that offends people, but I don't know what more overwhelming proof I could give you. Oh, hold on, I got about ten more or nine more pages to go. Members are also, in many cases, are owners or leaders of from industries such as lumber, oil, mining, commodities, real estate, the media, including owners of radio, television, and print, with all aspects of life covered. Many are involved in education, determining to influence society's direction by direct input with the children and youth. Many advocate from the arena of right-wing politics, conservatives, family-friendly, and also reconstructionists, dominionists, and so on. Oh, they're the ones that say, we're going to get the world so good, because we're so righteous, that Jesus Christ is going to have no choice, but he's going to come back and set up his throne, because we're going to literally usher in and pave the way. We're not going to have a tribulation. The Antichrist isn't going to arise. None of that's going to happen. That's this dominionist, reconstructionist garbage that is taught in a lot of churches, particularly ones that have a charismatic and a Pentecostal bent to them. And I've done a whole study exposing I believe I give the link in here. Well, the, the problem is, is when their Jesus, that they're going to be expecting to come back and set up his rule and reign on the planet, guess who it's going to be? It's going to be the Antichrist. And they're going to point to him like he is Jesus Christ, either that or the false prophet. You see how... The Dominionists and the Reconstructionists are setting and paving the way for all of that. And he's right in the middle of that, too. Uh, the, it's the abbreviation for uh, uh, Council for National Policy is CNP. CNP members are found in Christian organizations encompassing, encompassing, here we go, James Dobson's Focus on the Family, Bill Bright's Campus Crusade for Christ and its many branches, Robert Weiner's Maranatha Shepherding Group, Gideon's Youth for Christ, World Vision, Wycliffe Bible Translators, Billy Graham Evangelical Association, Intercessors for America, International Charismatic Bible Ministries, National Evangelical Association, National Religious Broadcasters Associations, The Promise Keepers, and many more. So I'm saying, you've got to be real careful where you're going to church, who you're yoking up with, where you're sending your money. Because you're responsible to God for that. And if you're, if you're helping to propagate this wicked agenda, God's not going to be happy, is all I'm saying. And particularly now, if you know, these organizations have all been infiltrated and all corrupted. Every one of them. I mean, I'm not saying every organization out there is all corrupted, but I'm talking about the big boys. These guys that we're mentioning here. I mean, if you were Satan, would you try to just infiltrate little, tiny little um, groups that really don't have any influence on large numbers of people? Wouldn't you kind of go for the head positions and the big organizations to control them? Because you can control a lot more people. And they're all 501c3 corporations, every one of them. And we went over that... Many, many times. So the potential spiritual impact of this organization, which claims educational status, could be unparalleled. In other words, the potential impact of this CNP group, which Chuck Missler has been a part of since 1998, is, is unparalleled. 
But you don't hear about it a lot. Well, it's one of those big, gigantic umbrella corporations that controls a lot of the other little... Um, it's like the puppet master controlling the little puppets on a string. That's what they do. Now, I'm going to go ahead and end part one here. We'll go to part two next.